welcome to the Conscious Leadership Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss the how-to of creating conscious leadership for business, life and the world. With ordinary people doing extraordinary things and being truly in control of their own health, wealth and happiness. Knowledge plus action with a plan creates magical results. Introducing your host, Julie Hogbin, author, international speaker, mentor, disruptor and creator of Conscious Leadership and property investor living in the UK. Hi, everybody. Um, thank you for tuning in. Um, I hope, yeah, thanks for tuning in. That's all I'm going to say. I thought I'd do a live on how this isolation um, is possibly going to affect us. And for some of us, I think it will affect us. Um, so just very briefly, my background is 30 plus years working with leaders and managers in business in that self-awareness leadership um, mode. And a lot of that is the psychological impact of why we do what we do, um, who we are, what we are, and everything that goes with that. So I've made some notes. I don't very often. I'm going to be doing a, a series of these because I do think it is absolutely vital for us to stay connected while we are in this self-imposed lockdown, you know, and I know we can go out and we can do some exercise and that's why I've got the background of the trees because it is such a beautiful day. We need to access nature. Now, I am the most practical individual you will ever meet in your life. Um, and I have already recognised that it is affecting me and this is affecting me and I know this stuff. So I thought I'd share with you some of what I know. It's certainly not all of it. I can't get 30 years plus knowledge and experience, 60 plus years on the planet in one life. So I'm going to be doing some more. But what I thought I'd share, <clears throat> and this is key because I'm already seeing this happening in posts on Facebook, posts on LinkedIn, People are already getting on each other's nerves and we have only just started the isolation. <laughs> We've only just started spending more time with the people that we love. Um, you know, they may be our children or our family. That's just, I mean, that's the people that we choose to be married to, choose to be in a relationship with and, and choose to have in our life. And for some of us, we may be in isolation with people that um, we're not married to and that they aren't our children. And then, of course, we've got the other group of people who are in complete isolation on their own. And maybe they are not in contact with people or can't see their family or their family is the other side of the world. There's all sorts of things going on in all of this. And I'll very, very happily um, answer any of your questions either on this live, although I'm not sure I'll be able to see them because I'm sideways on, I haven't got my glasses on, or definitely, definitely afterwards. And if anybody wants any help, just message me. Oh yeah, I'm, this is this is me giving. Um, so what I thought was, I've got, as I said, I've got my notes. So let me start. So my concern, so I'm recognising the government is taking us through a change process. And I sat down last night, I looked at what they'd done. I looked at what they're doing. And for any of you that know the change curve, they're taking us through this. And at the weekend, there were lots of complaints about people who were down on the uh, at the coast going out for long walks. And there was like hordes of people walking. 
Now, one of the things that is the first stage of denial, that's the first stage of change, is actually we go into denial. We deny that we've actually got to do anything different. And I woke up this morning thinking, do you know what? That's exactly what those individuals were doing. They're in denial that we actually need to do anything. And the other thing I was thinking of this morning, it's very interesting, our culture. You look at what China did. China were actually locking, they were sealing people in their rooms. Now, I'm amazed this morning that they have released their quarantine and they've released it with a bloody marathon. I mean, Mahedas just said, what is going on? So they physically seal people in a room and then they release that with a marathon where you've got, you know, how many hundreds of thousands of people running together? Probably slight exaggeration on the hundreds of thousands of them there. <laughs> Chuckling to myself as I said that. And then you've got, uh, so when you think about our culture in the UK, you think about cultures in other, in other countries. One of the reasons they were saying that the Italy um, death rate is so high is because the Italian culture is that the younger generation look after the elder generation. Now, I'm not so sure we've got that completely as our inbred culture within um, us as Brits. But what we have got as a culture within the UK is that we have our freedom. We don't really comply to being controlled very well, to be honest. Now, I'm saying this as massive generalizations because obviously we are all different. And for those of you that are entrepreneurs, run your own business, do your own thing, we're probably less controllable than a lot of the others. That's why we're not employed by an organization. <laughs> I'm chuckling to myself because I'm one of them. So we are less likely to comply um, and do what we are told. And that was what was happening, I believe, at the weekend. People were in denial. We actually have to do anything different. And I'm still talking to people. You know, I'm watching posts in um, some of the Facebook groups that I'm in about how do we get around doing, you know, I'm in property. I am a property investor. I've lost probably 50% of my current tenants have lost their jobs. So one of the things I'm doing um, is learning how to get a claim in for them because my income's disappeared, you know, so there's lots of, we're all in this together now. Um, and some of us are more in it than others are in it. You know, some people are fortunate enough to be in a position. And I say fortunate enough, they're employed in a position where they're possibly, or they will get, if, if the guidelines are right, 80% of their income. If their companies, you know, stop paying them. So we're all in a different place. And that's part of what I want to talk about. Um, so what we have, what we need to do So, my, my real um, concern about all of this. For, and this isn't about the finances and we've all got those concerns, but those concerns then add on to the other stuff that's going to happen. So we are not um, we are not made nor created for social isolation. You've only got to look at some of the results that they found in some of the orphans, uh, orphanages in other countries where children who are not um, born into a family that can keep them or born into a society that has orphanages, fostering, all of those sorts of things. If you look up some of that, and I'll try and find some links, but I just know this stuff. When people have gone into those orphanages, maybe a year or two years in, those children have been fed, they have been watered. They've had warmth, they've had shelter, and this is the basic levels of our motivation is what we need. Um, but what they've not had is the interaction and the love. And those children have been found to be rocking in their beds because they are not interacted with. 
So that is my main concern with all of this. We have to, it is vital for us to be connected and to be um, getting those social strokes that we need as humans to survive. It's not just about um, being in a relationship. It's actually interconnecting with people. Um, it is being stroked and it's a positive stroke rather than the negative strokes. But any stroke, um, as in positive or negative, actually helps people. Um, but that's why people stay in um, poor and bad relationships. That's another Facebook Live because they're still getting stroked. It's just the wrong type of stroke. So um, what I was thinking was, A, we know I'm referring to my notes. So we need the positive strokes. We need to stay in connection. Now, we can only have two thoughts in it. We can only have one thought in our head at one, at one time. We can't have a positive thought and a negative thought in our head at the same time. So what we need to do in these really trialling times for all of us is connect ourselves to as many individuals as we can that are helpful, supportive, positive, factual, evidence-based rather than rumour and gossip because it will allow us to control what we can control, influence what we can influence positively, proactively, with a plan and a forethought about how we go forward. If we are in a group who is rumour-mongering, giving us out information that isn't true, that isn't factual, that isn't evidence-based, it will not support us to be in the best place we can possibly be in. And this comes back to where we need to be able to respond rather than react to things. Now, I said to somebody um, yesterday who was having a reactive moment, and there's a lot of it going on. I completely get it. I completely understand it. I have done it with my business partner already. So, you know, I know this stuff. I've done it. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm still doing it. Ah! But anyway, we need to respond rather than um, react. I've now lost my complaint of thought because I was thinking about what happened yesterday. Um, respond rather than react. I'll come back to whatever that thought was that's just completely flipped out my head. Um, yeah, so stay in the control and influence zones rather than the no control zones. And we are herd mentality. And this is another thing because some of us are being isolated, you know, and I'm hoping we're all doing the best we can with that. And, you know, conspiracy theorists are saying something completely different. Don't want to go down that route either, but you know, acknowledging that's all out there as well. We have a herd mentality. Now, we are humans, of course we are, but we are also an animal. And when you look at the animal kingdom and the and the human kingdom, we have alpha um, people, we have alpha individuals. Now they can be male and female. And when you've got an alpha in your pack, they will want to lead. They will want to be the one in control. Now, if you think about your household um, and the people that you are potentially in isolation with, you may have two alphas within that group. Now, that doesn't have to be through age. It may be through characteristic and potential leadership in those individuals. So think about who's demonstrating the alpha, um, the alpha, the true alpha role now, I know with my business partner, I know I'm alpha. Um, 
uh, yeah, learned that a long time ago. I know I'm alpha. He is also alpha and we're male and female. So we are we are already clashing on who makes the decisions about certain things. So we live in the same house. We're not in a personal relationship, but we live in the same house. A lot, there's lots of story behind that. That's another Facebook Live. Um, but we're both alpha. And I'm, I'm, so we're both, if you like, fighting for who does what, when, how, and who makes the decisions on what and what we do with the business and, and all of that because we're both in conflict. So think about who's alpha in your um in your family. Now, alpha roles also take different um, positions. So you've got the alpha male. If you look at the animal kingdom, if you look at um, polar bears, you look at giraffes, you look at lions, you look at elephants, on occasions, the male alpha distances self from the group. Now, what's happening with us currently is that the alpha male... So the man of the group can't distance himself or not as much as he would have wanted to have done. Now, generally speaking, making generalisations here because it's not always the case because, you know, you, um, what I'm going to say next is not always the case. The alpha male, the male of the group, generally is the hunter. I know that doesn't happen with lions. So I'm, yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get to the, <laughs> to the nub of this. But the alpha male generally is the breadwinner, the hunter-gatherer. Now, of course, he has had his ability to do that. If that's the position the alpha male in the family takes, in the group takes, he's had his ability to do that taken away for a lot of people. So there's different things going on for them as there are for the others. Now, the alpha female, if you look at how lions work and the pride, the alpha and monkeys and apes, there's an alpha male and there's an alpha female. There's a hierarchy within the, within the groups. Now, the alpha females, A, they hunt and lead the pack within lions um, and chimpanzees. But what they also do is nurture and care for the group. Now, generally speaking, that's the role that the mother would take, the female would take within a family. Now, of course, what has happened with us, you know, we're humans, is that the alpha female sometimes becomes the female, the alpha female and still bears the children, of course, um, but goes out and, and makes the earnings. Now, if they've had their role taken away of earning the income and being out there, they may revert to the secondary role of alpha female nurture. Now, what does this mean? If that's been the male role within the household, because you know, we're swapping around doing what we're doing, if that's been the male role within the household, they've then lost their secondary position. Now, what I'm saying with all of this is, um, and you can find out all this stuff online if you want to, I'll do more Facebook Lives on it, is that that will cause conflict. And who are we likely to be in conflict with? We are likely to be more in conflict with the groups that we spend, the people that we spend the most time with. So we're in isolation. Who's that going to be? Family. Whoever we are in isolation with. And if we are in isolation on our own, who's that conflict going to be with? potentially ourselves, so our internal conflict. And there's a lot of that going on at the moment as well. So you've got your internal conflict, your external conflict. There's three stages of conflict. I'm trying to combine everything in, in one because this is um, my, my I, I'm going to share something with you, but one of my purposes is to, I answer a question every morning, why am I here? What's my purpose? And it's to create the links and connect the dots, forming and others to, 
um, build and maintain health, wealth and happiness. So what I'm trying to do now, and I'm not going to do all of it because I can't, it's too much knowledge in my head to get out, is to connect the dots and create the links for you and for others, for your family potentially, for anybody you want to share this with, please share it because this is important stuff for us to be um, to retain our mental health as much as we can and to reduce the conflict. So who are we likely to be in conflict with? Uh, and this is all the time. So whoever we are in, um, we have more time spent with, we are likely to be in conflict with that individual, that group, that, that person, uh, because we spend most time with them. So there's three stages of conflict or there's three roots of conflict. When we first go in conflict, we can look at the problem, we can look at the other person and we can look at the uh, and look at self. The first thing that goes out the window when the conflict escalates, gets deeper, escalates up, whichever way around your brain works on that, is that the first thing that goes out of the other window is the other person. So we are then able to focus on the problem and self. Just warning you, because this is probably going to happen to some of us. The final stage of conflict where it gets really, really, really painful is when we can't look at the problem, we can only be concerned about self. Now, I'm sure this is already happening and is going to happen. The longer we are in the conflict situation, the more likelihood we are to get to self. And that is really painful. And this is where we are going to be in unprecedented. We're in unprecedented times. We're going to be in unprecedented um, duration. We don't know how long we are going to be confined with the individuals that we are confined with whether that's self or and others now why am i saying this because we don't know when this is going to end that's not fear factor that's fact and truth we don't know the pm has said three weeks now when do you ever spend three weeks with your family with individuals confined and some of you will be confined in flats now you can go out for exercise but you're going to be confined in flats and you may be confined in flats with children as well. How often do you spend that amount of time confined together ever? Christmas is what? Two, three days. New Year's what? Two, three days. You may have an annual holiday and some of you will be fortunate enough to have been able to have a month long holiday. But you're out, you're away, you're traveling, you're doing something you both want to do or the family wants to do. In general, you'll probably have a two-week holiday maximum for most people in one go. And that's doing something that you've all agreed you want to do and you're out and you're swimming and you're eating and you, you know, you, you, you're partying, whatever it is you're doing. Confined to indoors is not going to be like that. So please, please, please prepare yourself. Prepare yourself to think about how do I respond rather than react? Prepare yourself that you are potentially going to be in conflict you're already in we're already in conflict for those of us that have our own business we've all been hammered financially which then you think about how do I pay the bills how do I do this how do I do that there's already been all this panic buying in the shops the shops are now stocked I may not have any pasta by the way or toilet rolls but they're stocked um I was in Asda's yesterday there's a whole load of stock in Asda's it's all refurnished it's the way the retail epos system electronic point of sale works there is no shortage there was no shortage um so think about how this is going to affect you um stress is over applied pressure so the more pressure that is on us the less the more likely we are going to be um stressed 
Now, stressed, stress changes stuff in your, I say stuff, technical word for me, sorry, everybody. Um, stress changes how your body reacts to the situation. And um, to reduce stress, exercise, eat well, drink plenty of water, um, you know, and eat well, so not all the sugars, not all the carbs, is everything that we've ever been told that we deny we have to do. Um, so, you know, this exercise thing, get out there, get out there, do some exercise. My friend who's not done any exercise for, I don't know how long, is getting up to the green goddess. They've actually brought the green goddess back out of retirement, which I have to chuckle at. My friend hasn't done ex any exercise for ages. So exercise, it, it, it gets your body from an aroused state back to a relaxed state. So really think about how can you do whatever it is you can do. If you're indoors, please do not just sit in a chair and watch the telly. Um, get up, do some exercise, give yourself a routine, give yourself a process. Um, now, um, this uh, track, re react rather than respond um, if you want to look up, if you want to learn, I'll be doing a lot more of these sorts of things because it's really going to help people. And that's what I want to do. That's my connect and create, um, connect the links and create, no, connect the dots and create the links for me and for others. Um, look up some work by Eric Byrne. Look at transaction analysis, ego states. We all have them. It doesn't relate anything to age. It's parent, adult and child. And how we communicate with people creates a stimulus in them to either react to us or respond to us. Now, those of us that respond are those of us that have come through probably a lot of personal development, which, you know, in, in our life, um, fingers crossed, we've done. Um, now, I've done a lot of it because I've been in leadership and development for a very long time. Um, I know I'm one of these people who, if I can't if I don't do what I know, what I say, I can't, I won't, I can't teach other people. So I've actually put it into practice for myself. Now, transactional analysis, look it up. It's really easy. I'll put up, I'll post an article up on somewhere um, for you to have a look at because I've, I've, um, I've got one um, and it breaks it down into practical points. The theory is a bit convoluted, but the practical points are really easy to understand, you know, when you know what they are and put them into practice. We all have the three ego states, parent, adult, child, how we communicate, how we how we act, our behaviours. If the other person doesn't know, will stimulate a reaction from them. If they know, they will be able to control a response rather than a reaction. Now, if we know, we have to manage our responses rather than our reactions because how we think and feel affects how we behave. How we behave affects how others think and feel and how others think and feel affects how they behave. It's a cycle. And what we have to be careful of is that we create a positive, positive cycle, not a negative cycle. And that's all within our control. And it's all within our influence of others. Now, I'll do some more Facebook lives on this. I don't know how long I've been talking for. It feels like not long and it's probably long. Um, so please, please, please think about this. This is all about self-awareness. It's all about how we are interacting with people. We are fundamentally pack and herd animals. We fundamentally need connection. We fundamentally yeah, fundamentally need connection. If we don't get that, it 
possibly will affect our mental health. So I'm saying to everybody, please be conscious of that. I am conscious last night. My thoughts were all over the all over the place. I couldn't focus positive. I couldn't focus properly. Um, and that, and I recognised that was a completely unconscious process going on for me. So I did something about it. I thought, what the hell's going on? Okay, I reacted to it positively, and then I managed what was happening for me. So we're going to need a plan. We're going to need a process to do this. Now, one of the things I do, and this is from a, one of my mentors, I answer eight questions um, most mornings. I don't do it every morning. I have to admit, don't always, don't always do it. Um, but I answer these eight questions and what I've recognised is that when I answer the eight questions, I actually am better that day than if I don't. So here's the eight questions. I'm going to give them to you. You can come back and you can write them down now or you can come back and, and write them down afterwards. So question one is, um, what am I grateful for? Question two, who do I love? And key thing on this, we have to learn to love self Um before we love others. If we don't love self, and that's not selfish, if we don't love self, um, it's proven that we can't do as much for others. So if we love self first, we can do more. We serve, servant leadership, whatever you want to call it, we seek to serve. That's my phrase for what I do. I seek to serve, which is why I'm in here doing this live. Um, And then the third question is, why am I so happy? Now, um, my mum died 20 months ago and a personal relationship ended at basically the same time. I've struggled with why am I so happy over the last 20 months. I've worked with an intuitive healer. I've I've uh, done a lot of work over the last 20 months. And now I can answer why I'm so happy. And one of the things I've recognised is that makes me happy, blue sky, sunshine, birdsong, the sense of freedom, which is why I'm doing this with the garden outside, because work out what it is that you need to be, or oh, for want of a better word, healthy. Fourth question what am I committed to? Now, this is your intention. What are you committed to? Um, how committed am I is the fifth. The sixth question is, um, so question four is where we step up. So what am I committed to? And that's stepping up, that's leading, that's getting, doing whatever it is we're doing. Now, question six is about how we give back. So what is my intention? And this is for, what is my intention for others? What is my intention to give for others? Seven is what is my wish? So what do you want? Um, You know, and this is a little bit about, it's not about manifestation, but actually it's about putting out to people, others, the universe, whoever you want to do that for. What's your wish? What do you want? Because that's fine. You know, we can all want stuff as well. We all need stuff. Um, I've actually found houses using that. So, you know, think about it. It does work. Um, And then the last one is, why am I here? Um, So when you're asking for what you want, um, there is a recognition here that the more you realise you're getting what you're asking for, the more you recognise that it works. So give, get. It's a two-way process. Now, when we are in isolation, it's harder to give. Uh, That's one thing. You know, when we're in financial straps, it's harder to give. So it's not really about, doesn't have to be about financially. It's what can you give to others? So I'm phoning and keeping in touch with two elderly, um, oh, 
One was an ex-neighbour, but who lived across the road. He's 94. He's self-isolated for about the last three weeks. I'm keeping in touch with him, making, asking him what he wants. What he, you know, does he need anything? And I phoned a, a friend of mum's the other day, who's probably in her 80s, um, asking if she, if she needed any help. And she's been looked after by one of her neighbours. So, what can you give? And it might just be a phone call. Um, but you know, but what what can we do? What can you do? in these times because they're unprecedented and as I said to you a little bit I well I, did, I don't know whether I said it or not I've got a flow chart in my head that's how my head works I'll do more on um, different types of how we operate as individuals I've got a flow chart in my head and the final step in my flow chart isn't there because we are in such uncertain terms times we cannot be certain about the end result now we live for uncertainty and for those of you that follow Rob Moore it's one of his um paradoxes in life we want to be certain but we also need uncertainty it's two ends of the spectrum um, and I work on spectrum so certainty at one end uncertainty at the other where are we we're really heavily pushed towards uncertainty because we don't know what's going to happen we almost can't predict the future we can work towards something you know we can do as much as we possibly can to make ourselves as um, as well as healthy as proactive as possible for the future that we can that's what we have to do because we're going to survive this we're going to come out the other end um, those that come out the other end having come through it positively healthily well with the right mindset with the right approach learning developing um, you know doing what they can for society doing what they can for themselves doing what they can for their neighbors um, you know preparing using the time that we have uh, proactively productively will be in a far better place than those that don't that sit and you know veg out on telly and listen to BBC News 24 7 um so think about what you can do um and just just thinking about this I do this these eight questions in the morning and the reason I do that is that um and these were the words I was told and these were the words that really spoke to me we have to start each of our days as a masterpiece now the masterpiece before we were um, iso taking isolation, being cautious to not spread whatever's going on out there. Um, my masterpiece of a day was very different because I could go out, I could do what I want, I could talk to people, I could interact, I could have the meetings, and I can still do some of those on Zoom, of course I can. I can still do some of those over the telephone or Skype or whatever it is, of course I can. And it's different because we are um, hardwired to want face to face interaction. So the more you can do that, FaceTime, however you do it, video links, whatever you do, however you do it, the more you can do face to face, the better off we're all going to be. Telephone is great. It's the second option in reality because you've got voice, you've got tone. Um, so you actually hear it. Typing is not going to be the best medium for anybody in these times. They want interaction. The more you can do face to face, whatever it is you're doing, the better off you're going to be and your clients, customers, family, friends, whatever it is, will be as well. Um, so start each day as a masterpiece, whatever that looks like for you. Uh, top tip for today, start each day as a masterpiece, whatever that is, and please be non-dependent on anybody or anything for your happiness. Now that's interesting to reflect and cogitate on. And listening to one of Rob's um, rants yesterday, stop reflecting and do something! <laughs> Uh, made me laugh um you know but in all honesty we need to a look after self b look after others 
keep ourselves healthy. If we're not healthy, we can't then keep others healthy either. This is first of a Facebook Live. I'm going to be doing more of these, but please, please, please stay connected. Think about what's going on for you. Think about what's going on for your people, the people that you're connected with, that you're perhaps self-isolating with. You know, for those of us that have got tenants, we need to be looking after them, even if they're not paying us their rent because they've lost their jobs. There's so much going on. Um, but stay connected. I I can't actually read these. Um, oh, someone's had a light bulb. Yes. Fabulous. <laughs> Love it. That's made my day. That has made this Facebook Live worthwhile. I'm doing it in two groups. So I'm going to be really interested to see the responses when I come off. I'll answer any of your questions. If you want to send me messages, if you want to PM me, DM me, whatever you bloody call it, um, send me a message. You want any questions answered? Answer the questions. Ask me the questions on these posts, these videos, because people, and more people will then see them. Fabulous. And thank you for tuning in. I can see there's people on live. I can see I've got questions. I will answer them all later. And I'm going to do regular Facebook lives. I'm not going to tell you when I'm going to do the next one because I don't know yet. Um, I'm going to try and do a daily one. That was somebody calling me. So I'm going to bring them back right now. <laughs> anyway, have a fabulous day. Create your masterpiece. Take action. Do whatever it is you can. Stay connected. Um, you know, the, the more you know, the more you grow. And you only, the more you know, the more you grow is only when you put it into action of some description. Knowledge is power. Yes, it's even more powerful when it's in action. So have a great day, everybody. The sun is shining. It's a stunning day out there. Take your exercise. Self-isolate. Um, stay six feet apart, whatever that is that we've got to do. Probably an arm width. That's quite a long way. Um, I think conversations are all going to raise in um, in temp. Now I've got a one, two, one. Anyway, which is a voice message. Anyway, have a great day, everybody. I shall be doing more of these. Um, keep well. Ask me any questions you want. I've got a lot of knowledge on this sort of stuff. So stay well, stay happy, stay positive. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Conscious Leadership Podcast. You can contact Julie on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, and hear me out. Please subscribe to her YouTube channel for how-to videos and more content. And please message Julie to have your questions answered. Until next time, remember, knowledge plus action with a plan creates magical results. See it, say it, write it, believe it, and achieve it.